Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of BleedingGreenAsian.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. This is BGN Radio episode number 152. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, I like how you definitely knew what the episode number was there and didn't like have to check, double check. Uh, <laughs> definitely can it's tell. The, it's the Super Bowl plus 100 episode. That is true. And speaking of the Super Bowl, Jimmy, did you know that Eagles are 20, 20, and 1 since winning Super Bowl 52? Is that that's right? That's really okay. fun. Yeah, that, that's great. Everyone enjoys that. Uh, before we get into our Eagles talk today, Jimmy, which we will very soon, just want to obviously remind everyone, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. We really appreciate the support. Also, you know, you know this by now, that Righteous Felon is supported by... Uh, Righteous Felon. What am I saying? BGN Radio is supported by <laughs> Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Already flubbed like a minute into the show. That's great. <laughs> you know this is going to be a good episode. <clears throat> and you can get the same meat snacks that the Eagles do. And they just ordered some recently. And you can do that by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. So go do that. Do, go do that to get some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Jimmy, the Eagles are 20... 20 and 1 since winning Super Bowl 52, but they That includes one. the playoffs? I'm just, I was just doing yes. that in my head a minute ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, it does. They are 1 4 and 1 this season after losing to the Ravens. Where do we start this week? Biggest takeaways from the game? So, my biggest takeaway, Jimmy, I'll start it off, is that this offense, for as much as they struggled in that first half, obviously. Brutal in the first points. half. I mean, they were like minus, they were in the negative after. I think like four drives or something like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a first down at all on their first six drives. Like no first downs in their first six drives. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. But <laughs> no, but I was that's piling that on how ex- bad they were. <laughs> yeah, it goes exactly to what I was talking about. For as much issues as they've had, I don't want to say the offense has been perfect here, but given the lack of talent, given all the injuries they have, and given the like the quality opponents they face, like going into week five against the Steelers. The Steelers had the number two DVOA defense. They've allowed just 16.3 points per game to non-Eagles opponents this year. The Eagles put 29 up on the Steelers. And against the Ravens, who were the number one DVOA defense and are allowing just 15.2 points to non-Eagles opponents, uh, the Eagles put up 28 on this team. So yeah. For, for as much as the Eagles offense is very flawed, and I'm not going to you know sit here and sing their praises as they're some great unit, I want to say that like this team deserves some credit you know, for all the injuries they've had. And I, just for me to kind of see like Doug Peterson getting criticized a lot uh, after this loss, I just I didn't get that. I know there were some decisions in there. I'm not going to say he was perfect. There's some decisions in there that could have been better. But like looking at it from a 
you know, a thousand foot view or whatever, I think this offense has done a good job. Yeah, I mean, the, they they scored four touchdowns with, you know, little help from the defense in terms of creating turnovers or, you know, good field position or whatever. All four of their touchdown drives, I don't remember what they were off the top of my head, but they were all over 70 yards. So we're not talking about like any like gift uh, touchdowns. They had to, you know, sort of, <laughs> they like did, they did all the work on their, on their touchdown drives. So, um, yeah, I thought they were impressive given that you have four offensive line starters out. You have your top three receivers out. You have your top, eventually they had their top two tight ends out after they lost Zach Ertz. They lose Miles Sanders or they were running back one out. I mean, it's just crazy how banged up there. It's just basically Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey left standing. And the offense was good at the end of that game. So uh, you got to give credit to Doug Peterson for that. You got to give credit to Carson Wentz for that. Um, you got to give credit to Jason Kelsey for that too, by the way, for, I think, you know, Jason, uh, excuse me, uh, Jeff Stoutland has gotten a lot of credit for the way that he's sort of managed, uh, this offensive line with so many injuries. But I think, um, Jason Kelsey probably has a lot to do with that as well. Sort of being the, uh, the point man, uh, on the offensive line. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's not all lost this season to, to, despite the crazy number of injuries they have. Now, I don't think the Ravens played their best game. Like I think they're, mm-hmm way better than what they showed uh, this Sunday. And, um, you know, we, we talked about this in the last podcast, how, you know, the Eagles used to think of, um, or, you know, Eagles fans used to think of certain games as like trap games. Well, they were the trap game this weekend. Like the the Ravens came dangerously close to, I wouldn't say losing this game, but it was, it was the Eagles at least made it interesting uh, at the end. But I don't think they got the best version of the Ravens still. Give them credit for kind of hanging in there and, and mounting a comeback. And uh, it's good to see some of the younger guys getting to play, like Travis Fulgham, of course. Uh, some of the younger guys along the offensive line, like Jordan Mailata, has gotten to show what he can do. I think Nate Herbig can sort of be like a long-term uh, interior offensive line backup at several positions. So at least we're starting to get to see maybe a little bit of hope that they can build on some of these younger guys that they have in the pipeline. Yeah, you talked about field position in there, Jimmy, and good friend Noah Becker uh, points out here that the best field position the Eagles have had on a scoring drive the past two weeks was their final touchdown in the Ravens game, and it was when they started at their own 29-yard mm, line. Is that right? So, okay. Yeah. So only four yards beyond a uh, a touchback is was their best starting field position <laughs> right. in the past two weeks, and they and they've done well on offense despite you know give. So that's my argument here with Doug Peterson is like he's been given lemons to work with, and I would argue that he's kind of squeezing the most juice he possibly can out of those lemons. And look like, at this look, look at what it's, like what's happening. Sorry to interrupt again, but look at what's happening in Dallas. Like you have all these leaks yes. about how like they're totally incompetent. They don't know what they're doing. They like their, their game plans suck. Yada yada yada. You don't hear any of that out of Philly, and I think it's because everyone respects and likes Doug. And that's important. I, I want to make it clear here that I just do not believe coaching is the biggest issue with this team. I know it's the easy target, and I think that's why they get a lot of the brunt because you know they're they're there. You see Doug Peterson on the sideline. You criticize him. You're not going to criticize Howie Roseman because you're not really seeing him. He's kind of out of sight, out of mind for, for some people at least. So uh, that was a big takeaway from the game for me. Like I was much more kind of finding myself frustrated with the personnel side of things, which shouldn't be any surprise to anyone listening to the <laughs> podcast. I've been very critical of Harry Roseman. But it's just like you have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson taking up the third and, and sixth biggest cap hits on this team, and they're not giving this team anything. Like this team can complain about injuries, and, and some of it has been bad luck, but some of it has just been poor investment. And I think that's that's I think the front office is failing Doug Peterson a lot more 
and really the coaching staff as a whole than the other way around. And it's just frustrating because as we've talked about this year, it feels like Doug would be kind of the fall guy or the, or the coaching staff in some form would kind of be the fall guy instead of the front office for that. So that was a big takeaway for me. Uh, am I off base with that? Is that fair to say? No, I think Doug has had a good year so far. And I think he's had a good, like that first year as when he was the first year that he was a head coach, I don't think he totally knew what he was doing. <laughs> like it, there's a lot of responsibilities as a head coach uh, in the NFL that I think a lot of head coaches don't realize they have when they become head coaches. Like it's just crazy the number of stuff that they have to do. And I think that overwhelmed him a little bit that first year. And obviously his second year they win the Super Bowl and he was awesome. But I think, you know, ever since that first year, he's been, you know, one of the top five head coaches in the NFL, especially with what he's had to work with uh, these last three uh, years. And even, I mean, they're one, four and one. So I don't want to give them too much credit or give mm-hmm. him too much credit because they do have a terrible record right now. But I think that, you know, just on the, on the fact that you haven't really heard any leaks of anything bad going on in the locker room or associated with the coaching staff or anything like that sort of says a lot, uh, given the expectations heading into the season and where they are right now uh, at, at this point in the season. Uh, and he's kind of kept, you know, teams together despite a crazy number of injuries, not that's not just this year, but in 2018 and 2019 as well. Yeah, you can't say this team has quit. There's there's definitely no you know no evidence to support that yeah. in the way they've they've fought. And I think specifically with Carson Wentz, I think Carson Wentz deserves a lot of credit sure. for that too. He uh just the way he's really been fighting, especially in this Ravens game where he's getting hit like what, sixteen times and he, he's getting sacked, he's getting hit. Uh it's he's, crazy. He's, he's running for I mean, not only not only like the sixteen hit those those are just hits on pass plays. That doesn't include like the times that he took off and ran like over the, ever since the Bengals game. Really, I think you realize like okay, well, we have to take some shots this year because we don't really have much on offense here. So he's been doing a lot more with his legs, and he's been willing to try to like run over guys and stuff like that. And I don't know how sustainable that is long term. Actually, it's not very sustainable long term uh, based on his injury history. But uh, you can kind of see that he knows that he has to make plays and kind of put the team on his back. Oh, we saw the issue with it too when he's trying to run over a defender and he gets stripped in the, yes. <laughs> in the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Fumble and number what, 53 for his career? Yeah. And, it, you know, it wasn't him being careless with the ball. Yeah. I think it's so much as just a really good play by the Ravens, but still, you know, it's an issue. And I guess I wanted to check in on your weekly, the weekly Carson Wentz sure. concern level that we've kind of had all season long. You know, earlier this year, I was saying like eight, nine, pretty <laughs> yeah. high because he was looking terrible. The past couple of weeks, I think he's looked better and it doesn't really, you know, totally reflect in the box score. Um, and this isn't to say that he's been perfect. There were plays in that Ravens game. There's that, you know, on the drive, the final drive uh, before the end of the first half there, Carson Wentz almost throws a pick six. And like he's very Raven. He was very lucky a Ravens defender, like, dropped that ball. I think he, he got hit as he threw there a little bit. But still, um, that could have been a lot uglier. So I don't want to say Carson Wentz has been perfect by any means. But when you look at the situation that he's been dealt and just the way he's been fighting through this adversity. And he had the team in position to tie the game at the end there. Like, I think you have to give him credit there. If I have to, you know, check my – if I had to update my score on the Carson Wentz concern level meter, I'm kind of like down to a six maybe now. Okay. Yeah, so like uh, in our last podcast, I think we both agreed that the Steelers game was his best game of the year. And mm-hmm. then I think this game topped that game. So okay. he's trending in the right direction and – um yeah, I think he was legitimately good in this past game. You did mention the one uh, near interception. It should have been picked off for sure. Um, that was his worst play, I think. But yeah, I'm down around like a four or five because I wow. think uh, he's really shown a lot. And uh, I think 
I think his teammates are noticing too. Like that's been a pretty common theme that we've that we've seen. In um, I don't get I don't get around to every player interview. I don't know how much you uh you're you're in on those, but uh, whenever anyone's been asked about Wentz, um, you you can kind of tell when it's just kind of like a canned answer, and when and when you can and when like they're being genuine about their admiration of a player, and they really seem to respect the way that he has played. Um, and the way that he's sort of willed uh, comebacks in each of these last two games, they fell short, of course. But um, I think he's got the respect of everyone in the locker room. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. And then even just going back to that interview I did with your Philly Voice colleague there at uh, at Philly Voice, Jimmy Joe Santeliquido, and then we had him on you know the BGN Radio interview here. He had, he had said you know for as much as Joe has been critical of Wentz and and everyone obviously knows him for that. Uh, part of the interview we did was how teammates have really kind of embraced Carson Wentz as the leader. And he's really grown in that respect to the point where like they were questioning why the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts. They're like, why did they do this? You know, Carson's the guy. So, um, so that's definitely been good to see. I definitely think, you know, he, he, he is the leader on this team. Um, not just by, by like, cause it's given to him because he's proving it. Um, Sorry, one more, one, I, more we, one more takeaway. Now, since you mentioned Jalen okay. Hurts, because we didn't talk about Jalen Hurts, we should probably talk about him. Like yeah. he, he, like I mentioned before, they had the, those first six drives that where they didn't get a first down. It was only when he came in <laughs> that that they got a like a twenty yard run, and uh, yeah. he really sparked that, that. That drive fell short when they the QB sneak fell short and they turned it over on downs. But that was the first life that that offense showed that day was when he came in and uh, the Miles Sanders run came partly as a result of he, of uh, Jalen Hurts being in the game. Like he came on like sort of an orbit uh, motion uh, after the snap. And uh, he drew the eyes of, uh, you know, a couple of the uh, Ravens safeties. One of them followed him and, and left a big gaping hole for Sanders to run through. And then Jason Kelsey obliterated the deep safety on that play, uh, opening up the you know the, the the whole left side of the field for for Sanders to run through. So yeah, I mean he, he it wasn't even just the plays that Hurts made. Um, you know he had the one catch from Carson Wentz uh, that on the trick play that gained three yards. <laughs> I actually kind of like the design of that play, uh, but he did provide a spark and got the and got them going a little bit offensively. And I wonder you know if the offense would have just been stuck in neutral for the remainder of the day if he hadn't come in and provided that spark. And I think we're going to see a lot more of them uh, as, as sort of we go along this season. I mean, they have to. I mean, they're, yeah. they're so injured, at least this week against the Giants. They're so injured that it's like they have to – what else are they going to do? Yeah. Like, what, are, what are the weapons do they really have left on this team? They, they have to get them involved. They got to get crazy. Uh, interesting, yeah. interesting of you to say he was worth the 53 pick now, <laughs> Jimmy, because of that. Interesting that you threw that in there. Um, disagree with that. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, seriously, though. Yeah, it, you know, he did create a spark. It should have been a touchdown drive, that one right before the end of the first half. You know, Miles Sanders drops the pass in the end zone mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, disappointing to see in that regard. But, yeah, I think Hertz definitely does re- provide this offense with some energy, which is nice to see. It's sad that we have reached this point where it's like, you know what this Eagles offense needs? The backup quarterback <laughs> to get in and these gadget plays. It's right. like, just think about what we're saying when we say that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they have him here. Obviously, make use of him. Two drives a game. Just, you know, sort of put like a package of plays together for him for each game and use them. As needed, really. Like, so if your offense is yes. like humming along, then don't shoehorn yes. him in. But if you know you could use a little spark, put in two drives per game for him and go to him when necessary. 
Well, that's why I was going to criticize Doug for it. Like, the offense was stale too long in the first half. Like, if, it, if you're going a couple of three and outs, even if it's like two, get him in there. Like, let's figure yeah, something yeah. out. He waited too and long. Same thing, with Tra- same thing with Travis Fulgham. It was like he didn't get a target till Second late. quarter. Yeah, in, in the first half. And it's like, I don't care. There, you can't say he's covered. That's not a valid excuse because he's a go up and get it kind of player. We've seen that. The way he drew a pass interference against Marcus Peters late in that game, like good things happen when you throw the mm-hmm. ball to Travis Fulgham. So I don't want to hear like, oh, they're taking him away. Like force a target or two to him. Like feed really feed him. Like run the offense through Travis Fulgham, which is again an insane thing to say. <laughs> right. But here we are. Um, Jimmy, I want to take a bigger view of the Eagles because they're one four and one. Yet before, you know, that game was played on Sunday, we heard from CBS Sports that Eagles are going to be buyers at the NFL trade deadline. Jimmy, aren't you excited to see this Eagles team improve? <laughs> you know, they like the, their vision's wide open. They can just trade a player and then everything is solved, right? Yeah, it's a report from uh, Jason Lockenfora of CBS. And uh, it wasn't surprising to me when it came out because, I mean, we saw how they cut Casey Tuhill to bring Vinny mm-hmm. Curry back. And by the way, Curry had... I think he played like 15 or so, somewhere around 15 snaps. He had one solo tackle. <laughs> he had two tackles total. And the one solo tackle was on like a decent game by the Ravens near the goal line. Um, so that's Very what they good. let, that's why they, that's why they cut Casey Tuell was to get a few plays of, uh, out of Vinnie Curry against, the, against the, in a game that they were almost certainly going to lose anyway <laughs> against the Ravens. So uh, that was surely worth it. Anyway, that 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 was a hint that they were going to be buyers at the trade deadline. And then that, this morning we're recording this on uh, Wednesday. By the way, it'll probably be published on mm-hmm. Thursday. But on Wednesday morning, uh, I guess Adam Adam Schefter does a uh, a weekly radio hit on uh, ninety seven five The Fanatic, and he said that they're probably more likely to be sellers than buyers. So mm-hmm. we have conflicting reports there. I'm already certainly on record uh, personally, and you are as well, I believe. Uh, well, you definitely are on this podcast. I don't know if you've written about it. But uh, we, we both agree that it's ridiculous for them to be buyers at this point, given that they're 1-4-1. Yeah, they can win the NFC East, maybe. They can win the NFC East without being buyers. Okay, so if you want to get yes. – like if, if the argument is you want to get playoff experience, yeah, okay, you can win the division without being buyers, and you know you can, you can keep all your draft picks instead of like adding a veteran that has – you know a year and a half left on their contract, which is what they've kind of done at the trade deadline the last few years. So, yeah, I I don't see the point in trying to trick yourself into thinking you're a Super Bowl contender. Can you make it in the playoff? Yeah. Can anything happen once you get into the playoffs? Maybe. Eh, I guess. Not really, though. Like, I would kind of view them as like, like like a 14 seed in the NCAA tourney. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so in theory, the 14 seed could go all the way, but that's almost certainly not going to happen. So keep your draft picks. You got to get younger players in here that can contribute because your roster, like the core of your roster is getting ancient at this point. So, uh, yeah, we both agree. I think that uh, selling, even if you don't sell, fine, but just don't buy. I mean, like they're basically a 14th seed in the NFC playoff <laughs> picture right now. So they're literally 12th. I'm looking here at the standings. So not that far off. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, obviously. And I, I want to clarify in the Schefter thing here. You know, this wasn't really a hard report as much. He is kind of, you know, Schefter's plugged in. So it's always worth listening to what he says to be clear. But he did say, like, all things considered right now. They are more apt to trade a player than trade for a player. 
but he said like today that's a as of today and we'll see if that changes based on if they win or lose these next two games against the giants and the cowboys so you know he left the door open for them to do something right and they they, probably are going to win these next two games (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's the thing. Like they could, they could very much win these games. So we'll see. I think buying is fine as long as it's something where you're getting a a young player who can be a long term contributor for you. You know, like if you're getting, yeah, like if they traded for Amari Cooper in 2018 is a good example. Or Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, like right, if they're right. getting that kind of player, this guy who can be a young, like a, a long term piece for you on a cost controlled deal, somewhat before you have to pay him. Then yeah, obviously that makes sense. But you can't be the golden tea tree. You can't be a guy who's on <laughs> right. a one year deal, or even really like maybe an older player with just one year on his contract beyond the season, and it's kind of expensive or whatever. Like no, like it can't be that. Just or or a guy who blocks the time of a young player. Really, yeah, that's really what's important. Um, they they need to have these young guys in there and playing. And yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy if Howie adds a player, you know, and, and even if it's at a low cost too, like if you're talking about like, you know, when these BS deals or like the Eagles trade their seventh and a, and a whatever, and, or they get, and they get back like a player and a sick, you know, some kind of like mm. really low cost deal, then okay, whatever. But yeah, for the most part, uh, don't buy. I really think they should be sellers. Um, I don't think they will be depending on what happens. If they lose these next two games, then maybe a different conversation. That'd be kind of surprising to me though, because I do think they will win. So kind of concerning to me that this team wouldn't be honest with themselves. I, I want to give them some benefit of the doubt. I don't think they're going to make that kind of golden Tate trade, even though they did what they did with Curry. I don't think they're like that delusional, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm giving them too much benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, the NFC East is very much here for the taking. Uh, I, I hate the wide open thing. People say that all the time. That's not even true in today's NFL anymore. I, I very much rail against this all the time. Jimmy, there hasn't been a team that has played on wild card weekend that made the Super Bowl since 2012 season when the Ravens did. Okay. So this it's not like today's NFL. Like people act like, oh, you just get in and anything can happen. That's really not today's NFL. Usually it's really in recent history, it's like the one or the two seed that is winning the Super Bowl. Um, and it, it, you know, the one seed is a bigger advantage now more than ever because they're you know, they're the only team with a first round bye anymore. Howie so, Roseman has said that, by the way. Like he said, we don't want to we don't want to sneak into the play. This is before they were sneaking into the playoffs, by the way. This, <laughs> like, like he said, you you want to get one of those. I mean, obviously, you want to get one of those uh, first two seeds back then. Anyway, now you know, only the one seed gets a buy. But he said it's, it's, it's so critical to get one of those first two yes. seeds, uh, and that's what we're sort of building toward as a as a front office. Like that's that's our goal to get there, not to be like the three through six seeds. And of course, like I mentioned now, like it's two through seven that you got to play in the wild card round too. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Like, like I said, like the, the, the 14 seed analogy, like the 14 seed, they'll win some games in the first round. Like, let's say the Eagles get the Bears in the first round. Can they win that game? Mm. Sure. They can beat the Bears at home, maybe. <laughs> right. So, like, that's possible. But then they're just going to get smoked in the second round whenever they got to travel somewhere to play like an actual really good team. That is so destined to happen, by the way. <laughs> Carson Wentz versus wait. Nick Foles. <laughs> it's so going to happen. Um, Jimmy, let's wrap up the first segment yeah. here. And let's do it by having me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which I, I, I flubbed through earlier in this episode. But obviously, BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, not the other way around. And Meat Snacks 
They're, they are the meat snacks that fuel your Philadelphia Eagles. They recently placed an order for some. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Snack Sticks are served at the Eagles Novacare Complex Fueling Station, where players get their pre- and post-workout protein fix. If it's good enough for the Eagles, who aren't very good, but at least they make good snack choices, then it's got to be good enough for you, too. And as I always say, it's a win-win-win here because you're supporting a local company that is based in Westchester, PA. They use locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef. By buying some right to sell craft jerky, by using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off, you're not only supporting a local business, you are also supporting BGN Radio. Uh, so it's And you're also supporting yourself. You're getting yourself some good snacks that you can eat during these Philadelphia Eagles games that you are inevitably watching, whether you are enjoying them or not. At least you'll very much enjoy the snacks you're eating by going to Registelling.com and using discount code BGN15. So go do that right now. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio episode 152. Jimmy, the Eagles play the New York football Giants. I, I hate that, by the way. The football Giants. I hate when people say the New York football Giants. Well, the, the, <laughs> the Washington football team and the New York football Giants. <laughs> Has that ever bothered you, the New York fo- football Giants? It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I kind of I, I use, I'll say that sometimes. I'll go with a G-Men sometimes. I'll go with a Big Blue sometimes. Kind of mix it up. Okay. Call them the New the Jersey Giants because that's where New they York Giants. really play. Classiest the classy, organization in the NFL. The the brass ring Class. of uh, coaching uh, opportunities it was once said back when the Giants. They, they, the kicker admitted he beat his wife and they kept him. Class. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so what do we got this week? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, the injury report came out. Um, yes. Alshon is out. Deshaun. I want to stop down on Alshon. Okay. Right. Because the Eagles could have put this guy on PUP. He would have missed six games. He wouldn't have cost the roster spot. Now he's missed seven games and he has <laughs> cost the roster spot. Jimmy, what are the Eagles doing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, like I had for a lo- like for months and months and months said I'd be shocked if he ever played another game for the Eagles again. And, we said it here in BJ <laughs> Yeah, like repeatedly. And then I really started to believe, like, you know, that was based sort of on, not sort of, it was based on information that I kind of got along the way. And, um, flex. I, (laughs) not a flex, I promise. Um, and then, like, uh, it really seemed that that might be not right because they were just adamant about how he was going to be a part of the team. And, you know, I kind of heard on the side that, you know, that they, they don't think of him as nothing. That uh, if he can come back healthy, he can contribute in some way, um, and that they're paying for him anyway, so they may as well get something out of him instead of just cutting him. Um, and I really started to believe that. Now I'm starting to question again whether he's ever actually going to play another snap for this team again because it's just it's weird the way that they're going about him not playing. Like they all of a sudden, like, it's always been the foot on on the injury report, and then all of a sudden, well, then the illness. Then all of a sudden, too. it's not foot anymore, and it's illness, and mm-hmm. he couldn't practice. Because of the illness, and because he couldn't, even though he'd been practicing for you know weeks at that point, but he couldn't pra- he couldn't play because they felt like he didn't practice enough that week. And now he doesn't practice, or like they, they don't play him this week because Doug says they're on a short week. <laughs> like, and now they add like uh, what did they add to his foot injury? A calf was it? Calf. So they add another injury. How? He's not even, the Eagles aren't practicing this week. They're just doing (laughs) walkthroughs. They're not even really practicing. How is he picking up a calf injury? 
So, like, the report on that comes out that, uh, you know, the calf injury kept him from practicing fully, I guess. And they, you know, on the short week. And so it actually contradicted what Doug said. Doug said he did, he's not playing because it was a short week and he didn't practice as much. The, then this mm. report comes out and says, no, uh, it's the it's a calf injury that <laughs> that's keeping him out instead of just the foot, which the foot disappeared from the injury report before. Like, it went from foot to illness. Mm-hmm. Foot wasn't on there anymore. And now foot is back, but also calf. So, like, what's going on? Like, what is, what is this farce that's going on here? I don't know, Jimmy, but <laughs> I think the answer is to just move on. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why? What is the point? Like, Alshon Jeffrey is not part of the team's future. What are we? Like, what are we waiting for? Especially once the trade deadline passes, because at that point, like, you're not trading him. And he's not going to be here next year. So, like, why are we keeping him around? And and if you do play him, who's he going to take snaps away from, by the way? Like, who Travis best fits yeah. his profile? Travis Fulgham. Yeah. So, if, like, he plays a snap over a healthy Travis Fulgham, and Travis Fulgham's, like, not tired and on the sideline, and Alshon Jeffrey's in the game, it's just... It's criminal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Someone should be arrested. <laughs> yes. It's just malpractice. Uh, so... Yes. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing there. It's a very weird situation. I do wonder if they just had him on the roster. I mean, they could trade him if he was on PUP, but I think mm-hmm. having him on the active roster kind of signals to the league, yeah, we're ready to play this guy. So I think it really worked out. Me, they're just hoping all along they could trade him to someone for literally anything. Uh, but I don't see anyone biting. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if he play. Maybe he'll play. Like part of the report was that he'll be ready to play. Uh, against the Cowboys uh, we'll the following weekend. We'll see on that one. But a uh, very, very odd situation has gone on with Alshon Jeffrey. Really, I mean, not only this year, but over the last two years. And uh, certainly um, on and off the field has had a very interesting tenure with the Eagles. To say the least. Uh, also out, Jack Driscoll, yep. Zach Ertz, Malik Jackson, Miles Sanders, and Kevon Wallace. So not ideal. To be missing a running back <laughs> who is giving you huge runs these past two weeks. You know, Miles Sanders, yep. 74-yard runs against Steelers and the Ravens. Oh, were they just, both 74? You know, yes, okay. uh, I believe so. And, you know, just, you know, big play threat that you're not going to have. Uh, Jackson has been one of the Eagles' most disruptive defensive linemen this season. Zach Ertz has not been good <laughs> this year. So, I mean, he's still Zach Ertz, so you'd like to have him in theory. But I don't know. And then Jack Driscoll is out, so it looks like Lane Johnson. No, Lane Johnson is going to play, but I really wonder how long he's going to last. Yeah, he's going to play the, the game. whole game. Yeah, and same thing with Deshaun Jackson. Really, I mean, how long is Deshaun <laughs> right. Jackson going to be able to last? Because it's not like that's just a guarantee. He's going to, you know, give it a go. He's going to suit up here, but like I don't know. And then also we should note here that Jamon Brown, uh, Jimmy poured one out for the the mighty. Jamon Brown. The era is over after you know a long reign here in Philadelphia. Uh, Jimmy, did you see that play where Jamon Brown basically sacked Carson Wentz? I did. He ran into. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> that was the fun. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. That might be the most entertaining thing that's happened this Eagle season. Uh, yeah. So Jamon Brown is gone, which I think probably signals that we're going to see Nate Herbig. I'm guessing start at right guard. And Sua Opeta, I would guess, at left guard. So that means that's the sixth offensive line combination that the Eagles are using in seven different games. So that's really good. Uh, yeah, any reaction to any of that? Avante Maddox is going to be back too, which I think will yes. help a little bit. And I think this is a game, a clear game, where you have 
uh, Darius Slay follow Darius Slayton, um, and Whoa. Know, and then Avante Maddox will uh, you know he'll start and if if Sterling Shepard's back he'll cover him and if he's not then it'll be Golden Tate. Um, but yeah, I I I think that's a, a sort of an underrated um, get back too because they had they had Nikel Roby Coleman starting. <laughs> against the Ravens, yeah. and uh, you know they they had uh, I, the Mills went back to safety, of course, and he covered uh, Mark Andrews, and I think that'll be a similar role for him in this Giants game. In that Evan Ingram is kind of a similar player as uh, Mark Andrews, and that they're both like not really like traditional tight ends; they're probably more like wide receivers than they are tight ends. So he'll probably have that role again. So yeah, I think uh, Avante Maddox coming back is is, is significant too. Deshaun at least at least I think keeps um opposing defenses more um honest hmm. than a John Hightower will. Like pe- you know, players see Deshaun Jackson, they know who he is and they respect that. I don't think anyone's respecting John John Hightower's gotten open deep a few times, but I don't think opposing defenses are like, well, we gotta be careful and can't be creeping up too close to the line of scrimmage because John Hightower might might beat us over the top. But uh they certainly will do that with Deshaun Jackson, even if he's not uh, the same guy, so and maybe he opens some things up uh, underneath for guys like Fulgham and and um, we should mention Boston Scott too, who has not yes. had a very good year, but no, uh, I think he's actually been outright bad <laughs> this year. But uh, he had he sort of made a name for himself in uh, each of the two Giants games last year. Yeah, and Corey Clement isn't really doing anything no. either. So kind of a big uh, opportunity for those guys to flip the script. But I mean. Know the confidence level on that, and then with Deshaun, yeah, I, I would guess too. You would assume he's not going to drop a deep ball wide open down the field when he's you know hits him right in the hands yeah. like John Hightower did uh, against last week. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's actually if if Deshaun is truly healthy, which again is the issue, it's hard to trust that. But if he is, I do think you know it is a positive to have him in there over Hightower because you know Hightower obviously did have that fifty yard catch later in the game, but. I think Hightower has kind of been bad, to be to be quite honest. And I think if you can get a healthy Deshaun Jackson, you know, that is the upgrade. And it would be great. It would be legitimately great to see Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson connect on some of those big plays, you know, that we saw them do earlier last year. Again, don't know how likely that is, but but that's the injury situation. Uh, the Eagles had to bring up Jason Kroom, who caught a touchdown pass in his only snap against the Ravens, which, which is so funny to see because so many people on Twitter – who aren't like sickos like me and writing about every single roster move and keeping track of the practice squad are like, who is this guy? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know who this is. And that, that really speaks to the injury situation the Eagles are in. But I mean, that's that's the reality. So your, your top running backs are Boston Scott and Corey Clement. Your top tight ends are Dick Rod, Richard Rogers, and Jason Kroom. So, you know, great spot to be in, really. With that said... You know, the Eagles are... Let's get into the Giants matchups here, Jimmy. Hold on. And... I have a quick Dick Rod note. I'm just pulling this okay. up on Twitter real quick. Uh, somebody replied to me with something with Dick Rod news. Oh, here it is. So, uh, reader and I believe listener, Ralph PA. Do you know Ralph PA? Ralph underscore no. PA. Anyway, he sent me this. Uh, he pulled this from Yahoo. Like, this is on Yahoo. This is on an article written on Yahoo about... It was fantasy football. It's about Dallas Goddard. And it says, blah, 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 Goddard this, Goddard that, blah, 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 blah. Assuming Goddard is officially ruled out in the next 24 hours, Richard Rogers, who I'm told is A, named nicknamed Dick Rod, <laughs> too, very good at pick up pass, whatever. It just, <laughs> so Yahoo has picked up the nickname Dick Rod, apparently. Very, I mean, it's true. It's, you know. Good job, Yahoo. <laughs> there we go. 
So getting into the Giants matchup, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, I have written here in my notes that Daniel Jones sucks A, <laughs> since we don't curse on this podcast. Okay. It's very true. Uh, he's terrible. You've, you've mentioned the turnover issues. He has a uh, he t- what 18 fumbles last year as a rookie. He's four this year. He has three touchdown passes this year. Again, three touchdown passes this year yeah. to six interceptions. The Giants are dead last in offensive DVOA, 32nd overall. The Eagles, by the way, as a team, are 31st in DVOA. So not great, just above the Jets as an aside. Uh, Giants also, I believe, second to last in offensive points per game with 14.5. So basically what I'm trying to say is this Giants offense sucks. Yeah, I mean... I mean it's not good. It's just not a good team. I don't know what this uh, Dave Gettleman is. This Joe Judge. He's he's having them practice in the rain. You know, well, I mean, it's not even supposed to be raining. What is he doing? I like how people like listen to this podcast like newer. They have no idea what that's supposed to be. It's like, wait, why are they doing different? Words? That's fine. That's Mike Francesa. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones in his excuse me one two. Um, all these games now. Um, sorry. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Get to 19. <laughs> okay, 19 games. Uh, Daniel Jones has a turnover in every single one of those games except for one. There's one game, week 16 in 2019, where he did not throw an interception or lose a fumble. In every other mm. game in his career, he has done one of those two things, which is crazy. That doesn't really happen in today's NFL. Unless you're Carson Wentz. Does he have a turnover in every game this year? No, I'm just kidding. That's does, just... he, does he, though? Uh, does Carson? Um, probably. Yeah, he's well, he's lost. He... Uh, no, he According did not. P... Oh, yeah, no, he does. He has a turnover. According to PFF, he, he has like 17 turnover-worthy plays, which is like by far the most <laughs> in the league this year. So that's good. Yeah, he's got a turnover in every game. But, I mean, to, to have that for like 19 games in your career is, I mean, it's not good that Carson Wentz is just not good. That he <laughs> he's got to turn over every game in six games, but eighteen out of nineteen is really bad. Even going back to college, I, I was looking at Daniel Jones like fumble numbers from you know Duke. Yeah, they're really bad then yeah. too. So like it's just it's not about the pros. Like it's always been an it, issue. It, a couple in the uh, preseason is rookie year too. Yep, it's yeah. So it just always happens. Like it's 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 totally like not bad luck or a fluke or anything. Like it's just. It's really just, you know, he's just not good at protecting the ball. He's going to turn over. It's going to happen. Like, at some point, he's going to turn over the ball in some fashion. If he doesn't, that's, like, the anomaly, basically. Did you know, Brandon, that um, turnovers, like, the turnover differential, it's a big factor in whether you win the game or not? See, the key to winning the I game, researched you don't it, and it's true. <laughs> you want to score more points than the opponent does. You want to get those first downs, yes. you know. <laughs> You got to make your field goal kicks. You can't miss them. Strong correlation between turnovers and wins, or the lack this of turnovers, really good or turning the other team over and winning. There's a lot of different uh, ways you so, can look at it. So the Giants' offense is really bad. I feel like the Eagles' defensive line should be able to take advantage of this Giants' offensive line, and really, and Jim Schwartz, you know, time for him to really kind of step it up here and justify me defending him like I have recently, um, and you know, get some turnovers and shut this Giants' offensive down, this offense down. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, Jimmy, the Eagles offense going against this Giants defense is a little bit tougher just because, first of all, the Eagles are incredibly injured on offense. Yeah. And then also, Giants have been terrible on defense. This They've year. been better than I thought. Like, I thought that was going to be like the – like, if you look at mm-hmm. them on paper, their offense – like, their skill position – like, obviously, they have Saquon Barkley. He's done for the year with an ACL. But Slayton's good. 
Golden Tate is like at least a decent slot receiver. Sterling Shepard's okay. Evan Evan Engram is a, like a a good receiving tight end. Like on paper, it's like a potentially dangerous offense. Like I thought, like Daniel Jones is going to take a step up from last year, and like I think I thought he sh- even with the turnovers and whatnot, I thought he actually showed something last year. So I thought he was going to yep. you know take a step forward this year. I thought like their offense might be okay. Like I thought they might score some points, but it would be the defense that just eventually lets them down. And it's been the total opposite of that. Like their defense has actually been halfway decent. And the offense is, as you mentioned, uh, quite thoroughly sucks. A. <laughs> Anything else on the matchups before we get into our final segment? Because we're at 40 minutes so far. It's just weird what, ha- like, their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, who they picked fourth overall, he got benched uh, last Sunday. Not not fully benched. Like, he played, he played, like, they put him in eventually. There was a discipline issue in there, he, too. He missed a team meeting on, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't performance, really. It was, he missed a team meeting the day before the game. So they put in another rookie, Matt Pert, to fill in for him. Will Hernandez is their left guard. Looked like he might be a good player's rookie year. Hasn't been since. Mm-hmm. Nick Gates is like a sub-replacement level center. Kevin Zeitler is an older guy, right guard. Um, decent. He's, he's still a good player, but Fine. older. Cameron Fleming is a guy, like his whole career, he's just been sort of a backup that's had to fill in a lot of different, with um, uh, on a lot of different seasons. But certainly you'd rather have somebody other than him as your starting right tackle. Like you'd rather have like a legit starting player than a guy who's just been a backup his whole career. So you look at that and you look at the Eagles defensive line, which is clearly the strength of their team. And that's a matchup they they, they just they can't just win. Like they got to dominate that matchup on Sunday or on Thursday. Excuse me. Anything else on the matchup? No, nah, I think we can move that's on. That's it. Yeah. Jimmy, Kristen Rhodes of Rhodes Realtors. Tell me about her. Jimmy's adjusting his microphone. He's going to play something again. There it is. <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She will sell your home. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. You should call her on the phone. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She'll treat you like your family. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, based in South Jersey. Kristen, won't you find? Kristen, won't you find? Kristen, won't you find me a home? Kristen, won't you sell? Kristen, won't you sell? Kristen, won't you sell my home? Kristen, won't you sell my home? Well, that's Kristen Roach. You can call her at 856-906-9295. Brandon? I'm back after this. Back here on BGN episode radio. <laughs> I just messed <laughs> it up. Back here on BGN radio episode. <laughs> BGN radio episode 152. Where the show has gone off the rails. I don't know who's listening at this point. If you're listening to this episode, hashtag BGN radio off the rails there we go really and make sure you add us too so we see the hashtag please thank you uh anyway it's the final segment so we're gonna get into the picks here only two this week because two nfc's games i am now 10 and 11 on the season after going two and one last week i got all three games right straight up but jimmy got the one right with the Washington covering, so he went one and two. He's eleven and ten, so only one game separating us there. No one cares. 
Jimmy, you are two, three, and one picking Eagles teams this year. I am three and three, so I made it to five hundred. Big congrats to me. But we're gonna start off here in our segment with the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Football Cowboys. Some would say <laughs> at the Washington Football Team. Washington Football Team is one point favorites. This is a shocking line to me. Shocking that the mm. football team is is uh, favored over the Cowboys. Like even now, like even Why? even as horrible as the Cowboys looked. On Monday night against the Cardinals, I mean, they were brutal across the board. Like, their defense has been just straight garbage the entire season. But at least they were scoring, you know, at least they were, with Dak Prescott, of course, they were, they were putting a lot of points on the board and, you know, kind of, I mean, they were, they were putting up yards at, like, record, at like record-setting at like record levels. I thought they were going to be able to, to at least sustain some of that. But they were just horrible, like, in every facet against the Cardinals. It was shocking how bad they were. But it's still, like, I figured they'd at least still be favored over the football team who's been who's been worse uh, than, than you know, just about every team in the league except for the Jets, uh, you know, save for week one when they beat the Eagles, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'll take the Cowboys, I guess. If you're going to give me a point in the Cowboys over the football team, I'll take that. I will ring the bell, Jimmy, and take the football team. Really? Because the way the, okay. the the way the Cowboys looked on Monday night, and maybe I'm overreacting, and maybe this could easily look foolish. I mean, I almost feel like the Cowboys aren't going to win another game this season. Like that <laughs> offensive line is in shambles. Yeah, it's the bad. defense is the it's the worst defense in the league. And the offensive line is worse now, by the way, because Zach Martin suffered a concussion. They're down four they're offensive back. tackles, dude. Yeah, like they're it's horrible. Uh like I don't even want to put it all on Dalton. Like he's getting killed. He doesn't have any time to throw. Yeah. Zeke is, is cooked, even though he is like, cooked. his level of being cooked is still better than a lot of guys' level of being <laughs> yeah. cooked, to be fair. But, like, you know, he's not Zeke anymore. No. He's not the same guy. Uh, Mike McCarthy, Jimmy, has already lost the team. Like, there's already people <laughs> anonymously criticizing him. Yeah. We're, we're at week seven. Who had and that? Jane, so James Slater? Yes. This is so predictable, by the way. Like, McCarthy flamed out in Green Bay. And when the Eagles, or when the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy earlier this season, I went and looked back at what I wrote about on Bleeding Green Nation. And sure enough, I was like, the Eagles really shouldn't be losing sleep over this hire. Like, <laughs> yes. so many people, uh, like, I know blogging the boys, especially now, blogging boys is the definitive source for Cowboys news. They do great work. But. I'm going to clown on them here because they were talking about how, like, Mike McCarthy's going to come in and he's going to be like Andy Reid. Not even comparable. Like, that, that's totally no. just off-base comparison. And also, uh, just so funny to me that Cowboys fans realizing that Mike McCarthy – or Jason Garrett, not the only issue in Dallas. Uh, very much still Jerry Jones, a big problem there. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the Cowboys are a mess. They're coming off a short week. Washington football team almost could have won. They almost could have beat the Giants if they had gotten that two-point conversion. Uh, Kyle Allen looked, you know, oh, fine, whatever. He had him positioned to potentially win that game. Ron Rivera, I just think, is a more, you know, legitimate NFL head coach, like not a laughing stock like Mike McCarthy basically is at this point. So I will take the football team to actually win this game. You know how many sacks they have, by the way, since that Eagles game? Probably they not many. Eight, <laughs> they have eight against the Eagles. How many do they have in the five games since? Uh, six. Eight. They have eight. That <laughs> was close. Uh, and that leaves us with our Giants at the New York Football Giants. at, Or we should really say the New Jersey. The North Jersey. Uh, the, the, the New Meadowlands Football. The East Rutherford Football Giants. The East Rutherford Football Giants. I always love, by the way, as to the side here, how BGN original manager Jason Brewer would point out, like they would show the B-roll footage, footage of like 
scenes in New yeah, York City in Manhattan. <laughs> during Giants <laughs> right. games. It's like this is like what, like over an hour away, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, well, with traffic, it can be. It's not. Yeah. It's not that far. It's not that. It doesn't take that long normally to get in there. But well, it's not close. Y- the, yeah, you know, it's not like yeah, right outside the stadium. The B roll yeah. sh- stuff should be just like Route Three. <laughs> <laughs> Like a strip mall off of uh, Route 46 up there. Giants at the Eagles. The Eagles are four and a half point favorites. They opened as six point favorites in this one. Line has gone down. People are, are the money is coming in somewhat. Oh, did uh, I only saw um, the 4.5 line and I thought that was low. Um, it, yeah. it, it opened at six though? Yeah, okay. I saw six earlier on. Six feels more it, right to saw, me. Yeah, I, I saw it go down to like four even at one point mm. and even maybe like a 3.5. So it's, it's kind of fluctuating okay. here. You guys are four and a half point five favorites. Where are you going with this one? I'll lay the four and a half. Like I'm not confident at all in the Eagles, but I'm sure as hell not confident in any way in the Giants. Like I think the Giants are a bottom three team in the NFL, and I don't think the Eagles are that. And I think the matchups kind of favor the Eagles, like we talked about before with uh, their defensive line against the Giants' offensive line. Um, I think that you know while Carson Wentz has struggled with turnovers, I think he has a um, I, I don't think that's really part of his DNA. Um, the fumbles maybe a little bit, but not so much the interceptions. And I think that is in Daniel Jones's DNA. I think they can win that turnover battle. And I think that um, the one thing that the Giants have going for them right now on their offense is Darius Slayton. And I think he'll be neutralized to some degree by Darius Slay. And then uh, defensively, I think the Eagles will do just enough. As we, you know, as as we talked about extensively earlier in the podcast, they were able to put up. 28 points against uh, the Ravens. They were able to put up 29 points against the Steelers. If you want to go back a week before that, they put up 29, 25 points against the 49ers. So they'll, they'll be able to score enough against this Giants team. And I don't think the Giants have enough to kind of keep pace with them. And then just you look at the team's histories. Like they've won mm. seven straight against this team. They've won 11 of 12, 20 of 24. And like I understand yep. that, you know, 24 games ago – there's really, you know, there aren't players that are playing on this team that were on those rosters and whatnot. But it just, it's just a, it's been a complete and total ownership of one franchise over another over the last decade plus. So, what's your score prediction for the game? Uh, I have thirty to sixteen. So I think they mm, actually, wow. I think they win comfortably in this game. So I went on WIP earlier this week with Angelo on the morning show, uh, flex of my own there, and. They asked me to predict, and I just said off the top of my head without really even thinking, because, you know, it's putting you on the spot. I said 21 Eagles to Giants, 17. But I said it's a lock the Eagles win. And I still feel that way. Okay. Although the, the four and a half here is a little tough, you know, because that, that, that puts po- a half point the really. Giants uh, covering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, maybe I'll adjust it here, say like 23 <laughs> Giants, or 23 Eagles, Giants, 17. That's actually the score of what. Uh, the game was in week 14 last year when the Eagles won in overtime against New York. Staged the comeback. I think the Eagles owning the Giants is not totally irrelevant, Jimmy, when you bring that up. Like, okay. you know, yeah, you go back 24 games ago, you know, Donovan McNabb is starting at quarterback you know, yeah. for the Eagles. It's, it's a long time. But I think there's something to the fact that for as bad as it's it's been in some of these recent Eagles seasons when like they've had these low points. I mean, just even going back to last year when they just lost to the Dolphins. Who did they play the next week? Who did they rebound against? When the season got bad in 2018 and they lost to the Saints, they got absolutely blown out. 
who did they play the next week? And they kind of turned the season around against. It's always the Giants. It's always the Giants that I think this team is like, oh, we can beat the Giants. Right. We have confidence we can actually <laughs> yes. beat that team because they stink. Yeah. So I, I think there's something to that. And, you know, Joe Judge comes in, whatever. That doesn't matter to me. Daniel Jones stinks. Turnover machine. Uh, even more so than even worse than Carson Wentz. He, Daniel Jones is the second worst passer rating in the NFL. The Eagles own this team. They always beat the Giants. I, I've always said that, like, if the Eagles lose to the Giants, then we know something is truly is wrong with the Eagles. <laughs> if it's reached that point, that's how we know. And I am just not to the point there yet where I think it is that bad. You look at how. You know, you can call them moral victories or, or not, whatever. You look at the way they've played against the Steelers and the Ravens in recent weeks, I think it's just better than what we've seen out of the Giants this season. And I think that the Eagles will beat this Giants team despite being banged up. They're at home. I know it's a limited amount of fans, but there's some kind of juice in the building. You were there, you know, Jimmy, on Sunday against the Ravens. You, you could hear the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some kind of crowd noise. There's some energy there. And, you know, the Eagles are still looking for their first win at the length this season. So I think they're going to be hungry for that. I think they're going to get it. We know Doug Peterson is the master of Thursday night football. Well, I believe 5-0. and uh, For whatever reason, he just he just, he owns that night. He, the, the Eagles own this team. If the Eagles lose this game, it's not on us, in my opinion, for like predicting it wrongly. It's on them for just being a true disaster at that point. So uh, I'm escaping all accountability right there by saying that. And I have the Eagles winning this game. Yeah, I, I think it's a lock. They're going to win this game. It's, it's absolutely going to happen. Last year, uh, in that Week 15 game you mentioned, they were down 17-3 to at halftime in that game. Mm-hmm. And they like that was one of the worst booings I've heard when they went into the locker room at halftime, like just like the cumulative full half, like we hate you, boo. <laughs> so it's like one of my favorite boos. And they 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 laid into him because I think uh, I think Slayton actually had a long throw or a long catch uh, at the end of the yeah. half. Um, and yeah, I mean they they just and at, th- at that point it was probably like ninety. I think it was like ninety two percent chance the Giants are going to win that game, and they'd have been five and eight in their season over. And I mean. Totally turned it around thereafter in the second half and went up in the division, whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're both in agreement that uh, this is sort of their little brother right now. And uh, they beat up on little brother whenever they need to win. I mean, they're called the Giants, but they're pretty <laughs> small. And uh, that's all right. Whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jimmy, how do- <laughs> yeah, got it. Uh, Jimmy, I want to go through the Eagles uh, and, and the NFC, rest of the NFC okay. East records here. Yeah. Not game by game because that would take too long, but I, I, I said to you the schedule before the podcast here, and because I wrote this article for Bleeding Green Nation earlier in the week, I was like, well, let's do the Eagles the game by is, game. Why not? We'll do it quick. Very, uh, the Eagles? Very, yeah, one? we'll do the Eagles, and then we'll, 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 we'll do game by game for them real quick. Okay, no, yeah. So, less than a Giants win. All right, Giants win. Cowboys? Cowboys win. Win. Uh, at Giants? Giants again. I'll say they win that. Yeah, win. So, I got them through win three games in a row. At Cleveland? Loss. Loss. Seattle. Loss. Loss. At Packers. Loss. <laughs> Loss. Saints. Loss. Loss. <laughs> At Cardinals. Loss. Loss. <laughs> At Dallas. I'll win. <sighs> yeah, I'll go win. And then Washington at home. Win. win. <laughs> so they're going to win. We have them winning their five remaining NFC East games, and then they'll be 6-9-1. and one. To finish the season, yep, uh, yeah. So that'll and that'll get it done. Like if they if they if they win all their 
divisional games. Obviously, they're dealing losses to those teams. Um, yep. they're, they're, I mean, they're going to, they will win. If, if, if it plays out like that, they will win the division, almost certainly. I have the Giants finishing 5 and 11 in this scenario. I have the Cowboys finishing. That sounds high to me. Five, how they're going to win five games? How are they going to win? I know. Is their schedule? I, well, did was, you go, like go through their schedule? I did. Yes, yeah, so I went through every schedule here. I was like, okay, maybe they can beat football team again. That's their second win. Yeah, they, they, uh, that's the only team they can beat. <laughs> like, well, the Bengals. They could potentially beat. The <laughs> no, Bengals. but I mean, I like over like the last uh, X number of years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Bengals, and I thought like, okay, um, they could beat the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys are terrible. Yeah, and now they didn't. You know. Be, if they get a full game of Andy Dalton, I think they can beat the Cowboys. Uh, and then, I don't know. like So maybe four, maybe more so four. But I, I think whatever. The point is, like, uh, it's not going to be more than the Eagles. I got them having, the I got them with four. I'll, I'll, I'll say, nah, you know what? I got them with three. Because they're going to. Okay. Because Dallas is going to beat them again, I think. I don't know. Uh, maybe. That can go either way. Maybe not. I, you know what? That's a week 17 game. So if Dallas is done by that point, then... Um, you know they're they're that's a team that's just gonna like just not care at all, and they're gonna get they're yep. they're gonna lose that. And so yeah, that's possible. But the Giants and still then, have the rate. They you know they still have the. Do they have all their? No, they have, they played the Steelers week one, so they have three of the uh, AFC North teams, mm-hmm. which means they have the Ravens and, and Browns. Those are both losses. Seahawks, Cardinals, those are both losses. Buccaneers is a loss. So, yeah, they got plenty of losses on that schedule. I, I, I'm going four and twelve. Okay, that's fine. And then so that's only one game off of what I have. And then the Cowboys at four and twelve, like I said. I I guess I have them. So they already have two wins, right? I have them beating at this point. Like man, that's really like that's team. really bearish on them. <laughs> Dude, I mean, they only have two more wins the rest of the year. Yeah, I think they beat the football team like once, and then maybe the Bengals or maybe the Giants again. So maybe yeah. there it's five. But like. And they have the Vikings I mean, I too, the who are who are equally disappointing. But they're better, though. I think the Vikings are yeah better. At than least they're the talented. Yeah. And just Justin Jefferson's going to freaking carve <laughs> up that secondary. Are you kidding me? I think they win six games. I think they go six and ten. Mm. And then Washington football team. I mean, do we even have to say? I think they win maybe like two more games. Yeah, they're very bad. The only thing they had going for them was their defensive line, and as noted mm-hmm. earlier. They have not. They have cooled off uh, substantially since that Eagles game, but they have a really easy schedule. So they have, they still have Dallas twice, the Giants once. They have the Lions, the Bengals, the Panthers are like like they're a good story, but I still don't think they're good. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater isn't the answer, um, and they have the Eagles. <laughs> so like, and they already beat them. So yeah. You know what? I'll give them four wins. So we have the Eagles winning the NFC East. I think it is a dangerous thing to do to win this division if the team treats it as a false positive. So wait, how many did you have for the for Washington? Three. All right, I have four. You have three. Uh, Giants, you had what? Five and eleven. Okay, I have. I have four for them, and then Cowboys, Mm -hmm. you have four. Four Did you say? I have six. Two more wins, yeah. Yeah, I have six for that. Okay. All right. Either way, we both have the Eagles winning the NFC East, which I honestly feel like really good about, which is so sad. Uh, And it's really nothing to do with them, or not just all to do with them as bad as the division is. But again, kind of scary because it depends on how this organization really treats this year and sees it as a false positive and doesn't make changes in the offseason. And then we're wondering where teams are going to go in 2021. But... 
I think people just kind of have to embrace it. I know there's been talk of like, you know, is it a bad thing for the Eagles to win the division? And yeah, I think it could potentially be, like I just said. But I don't really think you have a choice at this point. Like, I think the division is so bad that if you're really rooting for the Eagles to lose at this point, like, this is kind of fruitless. It's like, there's no point. Like, the Eagles are probably just going to win this division. Unless they totally just bottom out and lose to the Giants here and Cowboys the next two weeks, which not impossible, but I don't think that's the likely outcome. Then you kind of just have to... Uh, deal with the Eagles winning, which typically is a good thing. On, on the <laughs> false positive point, the one thing that maybe you can sort of uh, hang your hat on on that is that they didn't keep Mike Rowe at last year after the false positive at the end of the year. Like, it was pretty clear that he needed to go. Doug Peterson wanted to. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear that he, like, they that, you know, they needed to bring in somebody else um, about halfway through the season. And, um, you know, they'd go on that late run. And I thought, uh-oh, well, they're going to keep everyone now. And they fired him and Carson Walsh. But then they didn't hire an offensive and, coordinator. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 like. so, right, they, they, I mean their, their process in bringing in somebody else was bad. But uh-huh. um, I, I, I get what you're saying. But they, 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 they weren't fooled by the false positive is, is how I'll put that. To, to the fully extent, but maybe not enough. You know, like they knew something was wrong, but they didn't. Well, they, didn't anyway. address it, they didn't address it well enough after they made that yeah. correct move. So we're, we're at the hour mark. We should wrap up <laughs> yes. here, Jimmy. Do you have any final thoughts before we end the show? Uh, I see Kristen Roach's cat just walked by the front window here, which means she got out of the backyard somehow Uh-oh. and is free in the neighborhood. So, no, I don't have any final thoughts. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that. Because I'm going I'm, I'm to have to go my... chase her down as soon as this is over. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I probably shouldn't delay too much longer. I just want to throw out my top three cheesesteaks out there real quick, okay. which is probably inconvenient to you right now. But uh, I want to say, because uh, there was some cheesesteak talk recently, um, a good article by, um, oh man, I want to credit him here. Uh, it's on it's on a BGN and the link uh, for the October 21st edition of the link all the way at the bottom. So go check that out. Definitely a helpful reference I just provided. Uh, top three <laughs> cheesesteaks for me are Woodrow's, number one. I've never had that. I saw I your just, tweet on that, by the way. Jimmy, you got to get Where it. is it? It's, uh, it's on South Street, did you say? It's on South Street. They use truffle cheese whiz, and it's just Oh, because it's, it's so like mushroom good. flavored, right? Is that what, that's what uh, I mean, truffle I is, right? It's like mushroom oil. Yeah, but it's like better okay. than that. It, it, it's just it's immaculate to me. It's really good. It, it Honestly, I think it's a dangerous cheesesteak in that it will ruin other cheesesteaks for yeah, you. Okay. And some people don't count it because it's like fancier in that regard. I think it's great. I think it's amazing. Um, I would put and this one's kind of cheating because it's not even a, a typical cheesesteak, but the the pastrami cheesesteak from Famous 4th Street Deli on 4th okay. uh, in like Bainbridge in Philly is so good. Okay. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's not even like, again, real steak, but it's it's pastrami and they call it a pastrami cheesesteak. It is so good. It's my number two. And I put John's roast pork, which I finally had for the first time recently, the number three. It's really good. Is that Reading but Terminal? To me. Uh, no. It's, it's like in it's in South. What's Philly. the one on Reading Terminal? Uh you're thinking of Dinnick's? That's it. Yeah, that that's really good too. Yeah. So John's roast pork. The roast pork was really good. But I also had the cheesesteak, which people rave about. Um and it was good, but it was it's not cracking my my top two. So I uh, just wanted to give that out there to people. Any recommendations? Uh, this has been BGN Radio, brought to you by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky, which you can get for yourself in addition to having some cheesesteaks by going to rightsellin.com using discount code BGN15. Definitely go do that. Check out the products they have there. Check out uh, BGN Radio on iTunes by rating and reviewing. Check out the Espionation NFL Show, where I am hosting a show with Rob Stats Guerrera on Tuesdays. 
called the Off Day Debrief. We also call it the Oddcast. You can go check that out for national coverage in addition to our Eagles talk here. So uh, go do all, do all that. And we will be back here for you in the near future on BGN Radio next time. Bye, buddy. BGN.